Welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. I am so glad that you choose to join Amy and I for these journeys. And I've had a pretty tough day. I just got news that because of this virus and the financial instability of it all, that my budget from my work has been cut by $1,700 this month and for all time going forward. And I'm not a big money guy. I don't, my wife pays the bills and I deposit the checks and she takes out the books. And my contribution is that she says, Bob, you're spending a little too much on this right now. And so I don't get upset when either we're short or we're not short. Cause for me, It always seems to work out, but looking at losing $1,700 a month sends me or has the potential to send me into a panic. And when I'm faced with something that catches me and hurts me and and takes me in directions I don't want to go, those responses are oftentimes more like reactions than responses. It takes me out of my natural order of things. Um, Like, I like it when I don't care about finances and just trust. But now I feel like I have to scramble. That's my most natural reaction when things don't go the way I want to whether they scare me or simply surprise me or disappoint me or frustrate me or hurt me or make me angry, my first reaction is just to like attack them and go at them and and I react. That's my natural reaction. Luckily, Amy and I have been going through the song. And the psalmist, sometimes David, sometimes other people, have, I think, similar personalities. They tend to react. So they're absolutely wonderful, wonderfully, beautifully writing poetry when God is good. And they're pretty whiny and complainy and angry when things are going bad. And I think in general, that's me and that's us. Now, thank God, most of my life has not had many things that turned against me. And so most people would tell you, oh, he's always smiling. He's always got in a good mood. He's such a good guy. And that's true because life has been good to me. But in those few times that it didn't, I don't have great testimonies. And it's at those times that I've been trying to learn how to respond rather than react. And in Psalm 25, things are not going the way David wants them to go. People are against him. They're lying about him. They're cheating him. They're coming to attack him and kill him and try to get him off the throne. And it says, in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. 
that when things go the way we don't want them to go, I think many of you join me in becoming reactionary. We either strike out or we run and hide because that's a natural human reaction to stress. To stand there and face it and focus on your response in the midst of what is happening, I think is not a natural thing to do as a human being. While it is the thing to do as a child of God. So I like that David says in verse one, not God, I trust you. When I'm standing before Goliath, I trust you. When I have enemies surrounding me, trying to kill me, I trust you. When my my kingdom is being attacked by a virus and my retirement account is plummeting, I trust you. But he said, Lord, in you, I put my trust because I think it's a choice. Quite honestly, my reactions have proven that I don't trust God because when bad things happen, I try to take control rather than yielding control to God and saying, what should I do with this? So I, like David, need to take a breath, compose myself, and put my trust in God. I was just thinking one thing that's helpful for me in those scenarios is what am I putting my trust in? Mm. Because like I've had similar situations where like suddenly the money is gone or my help. I think sometimes in those moments... It is hard to shift like from reactionary or panic to just taking a breath and putting my trust in God. But what can be confronting for me spiritually in a helpful way is what am I putting my trust in here? Mm. And I think for me in those situations, if I'm feeling panicked, it's clear that I'm putting my trust in money. Right. (laughs) I believe that money is my provider. Yep. Or even that my work, my employer is my provider. I'm putting my trust in my employer. And I think, yeah, that's kind of where you were going is you can't put your trust in your employer because they're just humans too. Like they're also going to make bad choices. They're also going to come to the end. They're going to die, you know, like they're not (laughs) eternal. Like they're faulty. But I think for me, I don't want that to be where my trust is. And yeah, it's a, it's a hard practice because I it's easy for me to trust God in principle, but it's hard for me to trust in practice. But I think these situations in my life where I've really been suddenly distraught has actually been the best opportunities to turn and re-emphasize my trust in God and consciously place my trust there and, yeah, refocus it where I want it to be. Yeah, if I can just take a breath. Yeah. And we've talked about that here before. I know when I was coaching Little League, pitchers on the mound in Little League, it would become the most important moment in their life. And they would stop breathing because they would want to focus on doing what's right. And you forget to breathe. So my first trips to the mound were simply to say, breathe. Let's take a breath right now, in through your nose and out through your mouth. It's amazing to me, and we do it in church sometimes, 
we just simply say, let's stop for a second and take a breath. It's amazing how much peace that brings. Yeah, I mean, this is why I've dedicated my life to meditation. Right, right. I mean, I believe that like the breath is bringing you to the present moment and that's the only place that actually exists. Right. So like, you know, you may have had an emotional reaction to your financial situation, but the actual reality is, is that's not your financial situation right now. Right now you have the same amount of money you always had. Right. Nothing has changed right now. Right. And you have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Right. Actually, it's funny you were talking about the fight or flight because in my mind-body class this semester, we're discussing that and and the professor is saying there's like the type one stress, which is like a tiger has attacked you in the jungle and you have fight or flight and all of the adrenaline and the emotion and the intensity that comes up is really helpful in that moment. And that's what like allows mothers to be able to lift cars under it. But that in our normal life, that we are mostly just having type two stressors, which is that like you're, you receive an email, but you're actually perfectly safe in body. Right. But our bodies still react as if it's the tiger in the jungle. Right, right. Because our bodies react. And then that triggers the mind. Right. And the mind goes crazy at that moment. In that moment, if I just breathe, for me, that breath is a part of all those meditations or prayers or quiet times or sunsets or sunrises, that breath is infused with all of those moments, which are all moments where I was very present with God and God was very present with me. And when I take that breath, and that is the truth in my life, I then know what it means that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then I'm ready to live the way God wants me to live or to live the way that brings out my best self to this world. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It shines. It's, I think the reason why it's painful, at least for me, the reason why it's uncomfortable is because in order to have that transformation back to a place of calm assurance, first, the world is shining a light on how you were not actually in that space before. Right. That's how it feels for me. So it's like, right. oh, like, I was depending on money. I was trusting in money as my, as my savior. And I was comfortable in that and it was all going well, but that's not where God wants my trust to be. That's not where I want my trust to be. So then as a service to me, I believe the universe, God takes that crutch away. Right. But then I fall. Right. So now I'm on the ground, but it's so it's uncomfortable but yeah it's it's that shining a light on my misinformed my my forgetfulness of who my trust really belongs with and and where i actually want to build my house you know and if i'm on the ground 
I could get upset that somebody stole my crutch. Yeah, right. That's and, the natural reaction. And I'll blame the first person that I see. Maybe the one who's coming to help me. But if I could take that breath and all those things become true that are true. Right. Um, comparing God's care for me and trusting money to give me what I want is not even a fair comparison. It's what led David to say to Goliath, yeah, you got all that stuff. You've got the sword and the shield and the helmet, but I come in the name of the Lord. And for David, that was all he needed. And I believe that, well, I know that's real for me. And I think I hear that that's real for you. Yeah? Well, it's not, it's an intention, right? It's like, it's as real as we make it. That's how it feels to me. Right. I mean, right. the potency of my trust in God is changing every moment, you know? Right. And because that's, I'm always forgetting. And that's why I value that statement in 25.1, Psalm 25.1, where J David says, I put my trust in you. And God's here. And God will be with you in the future as God has in the past. And why are you afraid? Yeah. Put your trust in God. Right. And walk. Yeah. The, the issue isn't that someone took your crutch away. The issue is that you were using a crutch all this time. Right. And so it right. feels like the catalyst for your pain is that someone took the crutch away. But actually, right. if you hadn't been using the crutch and someone took the crutch away, it wouldn't have affected you. Right. So the 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 issue, right. the thing that needs to be healed here is your false belief that you require the crutch, not that you need to get the crutch back. But I think even in situations like Jesus on the cross, where people are purposefully doing things to hurt you. When I take the breath and remember God is with me and that God's with these people, even though they're heading on the wrong path right now, I can join my Amish brothers and sisters and be concerned for them because they're outside of the path that God wants for them right now. But why would it make a difference whether someone is intentionally trying to hurt you or not? Isn't the false belief still just in your own idea that you require a crutch? Like if Jesus on the cross, like Jesus, I mean, there's many reasons why Jesus didn't, like, was different than how we might react right. because he was Jesus. Right. But, like, if I'm being crucified, isn't the only reason I'm feeling distraught because I have a false belief in death? where actually like death doesn't exist because I'm eternal. Or because, yeah, I've forgotten for a moment that this is my destiny. Yeah, so like, yeah. what? why does it matter whether the person intentionally took the crutch away with harmful? Well, I guess I was thinking not, not that somebody took my crutch away, but that I am walking without the crutch the way I'm supposed to. And just because I'm where God wants me to be at the moment, doesn't mean that I'm not going to get hurt. Right. But if you're walking without the crutch like you're supposed to, it means that you're in a state of right-mindedness. So then when somebody tries to hurt you, you don't 
react. You don't feel that pain <laughs> in the same way. Well, like maybe, maybe you don't, but for me, it's not a once in a lifetime decision. No, no, of course. It, that's what I mean. It's a constant back and forth. So yeah. like, I'm, so I'm constantly forgetting. I'm constantly yeah. picking up the crutch. Cause I can be, I, I mean, haven't you had these days when you had like a high point of spirituality, whether it was in a worship or a conversation, and then an hour later, you were doing like the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah, but yeah, but that's what I mean. Like that's picking up the crutch. Like you, like we do it every yeah. day, all day. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I see. It's sometimes hard when we use analogies because we have different analogies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I'm with you now. Yeah, like it you know, like they say, like for spiritual life, there's only two things you need to do. Always remember God and never forget God. <laughs> I like that. But like that's it's hard because I'm forgetting all the time. I'm in a constant state of forgetfulness. That's what we live in, yeah. yeah. And the world is really good at trying to divert our attention. You know, let the world do its job because it will distract people from God all the time. So just let it be. Don't mess with the people. Yeah. So this week, practice getting that first breath where it's not just a breath of life, but it's a breath of spirit. Practice getting that first breath as soon as you possibly can in the waking of your day to let God transform your focus, your actions, and your life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.